G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Out of every 100 people you know out there, one may read a Bible and 99 will read your life. And in fact, your life may be the only Bible they ever read. Now, there's a scary thought. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and it's great to be with you again. Today, we're going to be taking a look at the power of your life from a different perspective. Yeah, I know that this world is crazy out of control. And I know that you and I are infinitesimally small blips in the sweep of world events and history. And I know that you and I can feel powerless to change even the course of a single life, let alone the history of the world. But any person, any man, woman or child who belongs to Jesus is filled with a power, the power of the Holy Spirit, which is so much more than anything that we can ever imagine, that we can have a huge impact in this world. So why don't we? Well, in part, it's because those of us who believe in Jesus don't have a really good handle on the immeasurable greatness of his power that he's placed within us. I want to share a story with you today, just something that came up as I was reading my Bible in my quiet time yesterday, a story that really leapt off the pages and into my heart. It happens after Jesus has ascended into heaven and the apostles are busy kicking off this new thing that today we call the church. Stephen has just been stoned to death, egged on by Saul, who later became the apostle Paul. And through this great persecution, the believers in Jerusalem flee and they're scattered throughout the known world. As a result of that great persecution, the gospel, the good news of Jesus, starts to spread. In particular, a guy called Philip ends up in a place called Samaria. Now, the Samaritans were the sworn enemies of the Jews, related, but they were considered to be the dregs. And Philip proclaims the gospel to them, and they accept Jesus Christ as their saviour. Here's what happens next, Acts chapter 8, verses 14 to 17. Now, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. The two went down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet the Spirit had not come upon any of them. They had only been baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, I know that this whole thing of receiving the Holy Spirit, whether it happens at the moment you believe in Jesus or at some later time, has been the source of such great division across the church. Just quietly, what I see in the Bible is that sometimes receiving the Holy Spirit happens at the moment you believe, as it did for Cornelius and his family. You can read about them in Acts chapter 10. And other times, it happens at a later point in time. Do I believe that everybody who believes in Jesus has the Spirit in them? Yes, I do. Because that's what the Bible says, Romans chapter 8, verse 9. But if you ask me, has everybody who has the Holy Spirit received the Holy Spirit? Then my answer would be no. 
because it's as plain as the nose on my face that there are a whole bunch of people who call themselves Christians who haven't received the Holy Spirit into their lives. The Holy Spirit brings the power to be holy. The Holy Spirit brings the power to be patient. The Holy Spirit brings peace and faith and hope and generosity. And the list goes on. Now, am I suggesting that everybody who has received the Holy Spirit is perfect? No, not at all. I have been filled with the Holy Spirit, and yet I fall short of the glory of God every day of my life. What's different about me, though, now is that my heart yearns to honour God. I don't always do that, but in my heart, I long to please Him and to honour Him. That's what's changed for me after I received the Holy Spirit. I know at this point, some people are thinking, Bernie, are you, going, are you getting all Pentecostal or charismatic on us? And you know what? I don't like labels. I just want to open the Bible and share with you what's in it. And in this case, when Peter and John laid hands on these Samaritans and they received the Holy Spirit, the tense of the original Greek verb, received, tells us that it's repeated. It's an ongoing, continual action, not a one-time event. In other words, they went on receiving the Holy Spirit over and over and over again. I, for one, need to keep on receiving the Holy Spirit over and over and over again. Because if he overflows out of me into the lives of other people around me, I need to be continually filled with him so that I can overflow more. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul says later on to the Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 18, where he uses that same tense for the verb. He writes, keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Think about this. If your life is the entry point of the power of the Holy Spirit into this world, if he drenches you so much, which, by the way, is exactly what the word baptise means, which is why the Bible talks about being baptised with the Spirit. If you are soaked full of the Spirit, completely transformed by his presence, then when you're saturated, he's going to overflow out of you into the lives of the people around you. That is very deliberately the picture that the Bible paints. So forget about splitting hairs about what we call it or or when it happens. Let me ask you, are you drenched with the Holy Spirit? Are you continually receiving him into your life so that his goodness and love overflows out of you? Because when we come to the realisation that we are completely helpless to change this world apart from him, then we are absolutely in the right place. We are exactly where Jesus wants us, dry and hungry and thirsty and ready to be filled with the Spirit. If you believe in Jesus, but you feel that dryness and that thirst, I want you to rejoice today and ask the Holy Spirit to drench you, literally, as the Bible says, to baptise you. I'm not talking about any out-of-body experiences here or anything weird. Just a simple prayer for him to fill you afresh today and again tomorrow and again the next day. Because now all of a sudden, your life will be filled with the power to make a difference, a real difference in this world. No, not all of us are called to be national leaders or or hotshot preachers or TV evangelists, whatever. That's not what I mean. Some of you have the gift of compassion, a pastoral gift that I could never, ever have because that's not how God made me. And when the Holy Spirit flows out of you, that gift, your unique gift with which he's blessed you and anointed you, then watch out. Things will start changing in you and around you. God will start making a difference in the world through you. Let me come back to what I just said at the beginning of the program. If you believe in Jesus, then your life may be the only Bible that people around you ever read. 
how you speak, how you behave, how you live your life speaks of the authenticity of this Jesus to people around you. The very same is true of how I speak and how I behave and how I live my life. And doing what I do, my life is closely watched by the people around me, and rightly so. They should expect a higher standard of a teacher of God's word. I can preach until I'm blue in the face. I can, I can preach the best, most powerful sermon that has ever been preached since Jesus. But if my life doesn't back it up, then it's completely worthless. And the same is true of you. The first, the most important, the only sermon that you and I preach that will ever really matter is the one that we preach with our lives. And when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, filled to overflowing, then our lives are going to tell a new story, a different story, a story that is so compelling, a story that rings so true that people will be asking you for some of what you've got. The single most powerful thing that you and I can do to change this world is pray. The next most powerful thing that you and I can do to change this world is to live a life that is continually being filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. And the more he works in us and through us, the more we will be amazed as we see the Holy Spirit change the course of the lives of the people around us. Remember, in the end, Jesus wins. In the end, the lion roars. In the meantime, he's looking for the likes of you and me to make that truth real in other people's lives. that today's message has been a mighty blessing to you. And actually, countless numbers of lives are being touched and transformed each week through a different perspective right around the globe. But that's only made possible through the generous support of friends just like you. In fact, each dollar that you give will grow to reach nearly 3,000 people with a gospel message. Incredible! That means that your gift today of, say, $35 will likely touch over 100,000 people with the good news of Jesus Christ. So let me encourage you to give a generous, tax-deductible gift of support to Christianity Works today. You can give securely at ChristianityWorks.com or by calling toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1-300-722-415. 415. Thank you so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.